0: Hey guys, welcome back to Fringe and Flourish. I'm your host, Laura Magruder. Today I'm joined by my friend Cherie, and we're going to discuss which came first, the chicken or the egg? So welcome Cherie, how are you today? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So you are a certified home stager and you are the owner of First Impression Home Staging here in the Triangle area. So talk to me a little bit about how you got started in home staging and you know, how you got certified.
1: Well, it's funny because I didn't actually know until a few years ago that home staging was a thing. And it was when I was making my transfer down from Maryland to North Carolina that I discovered it my agent actually tells me, she says, Hey, would you mind if I hired a home stager? I'm paying for it. It'd really help you out. And I just looked at her and I said, sure, knock yourself out. But what the heck is a home stager? (laughs) So it was kind of funny. Like I, you know, it's, it's a relatively new industry, right? And since people usually move on average once every seven years, most people had never heard of it. So when the home stager ended up coming, I was like, wow, I think I kind of do this, and um, yeah, so it was it was funny. As she was there at the house, she would get to the rooms that I had already quote-unquote staged, and um, afterwards, we had a conversation, and she says, yeah, you need to do this. Like, you know what you're doing. This is awesome. So
0: here I am today. It's so fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So how do they get certified? Um, I actually talked to that home stager about six months later, and I said, hey, you know, you mentioned that I should do this. And since I'm not in your area, would you mind helping me out? And she says, I'll call you in two minutes. And she calls me and told me where I should get my training. There's a handful of opportunities um, all over the States, all over internationally, actually. But she recommended one in particular, Staging Studio, which is where I got my certification
0: from. Will you describe for me a little bit about what home staging is and why it's so important? Sure, sure.
1: Well, home staging is a a marketing tool. It's a marketing tool that realtors use to get their listing sold for top dollar and get it sold fast. So what do we do as home stagers? We're going in and evaluating the home for its sellability, for lack of a better word. Um, We're taking a look at paint colors, flooring, any updates that are needed, all the things. I always say that I'm checking out the house from top to bottom, from the front curb to the back fence. So we're taking everything to consideration. So we will do comprehensive consultations where I'm talking to the homeowners about all of those things. I am talking to them about where to put their furniture, art, and accessories. I am giving them my best recommendations for paint colors, for new flooring, maybe for carpet colors, all of the things. Um, Of course, if the homeowners have moved out, that's where we bring in our vacant home staging. And we have a warehouse of furniture, art, and accessories that are perfect for staging any home for a successful sale.
0: I love that. And I, you know, it wasn't until you started doing this that I I think I understood why Mm -hmm. staging is so important. And as Tom Uh, and I are kind of working through the process of, you know, hopefully selling our house in the next year, I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, we can't, we can't do this without Cherie coming in and staging the house (laughs) because we're going to be one of those vacant homes. Um, But I don't think I could sell without hiring a stager at this point because it, it really, for me, it's like, when I see a home, I need to be able to envision my furniture and my life in it. And I think that's mm-hmm. what people want to see. Right. They want to see a right. home stage to perfection so that they can envision their life in it, especially if it's a vacant home.
1: Right, you right. Know? I mean, think about, I don't know about you, but we used to go into model homes a lot just to kind of dream, Right. Oh yeah, and you know what that's like. You walk in, you're like, oh, ah, uh, oh my gosh, life is going to be so peaceful and serene living here." Like, we need to buy this house. We got to do everything we can to buy this house. That house is staged. That house provoked an emotion out of you. That's what we do. We get emotion out of the buyers that leads to offers,
0: which is awesome. So you have a bunch mm-hmm. of realtors that you work with as well, right? I love it. And so you recently expanded your warehouse. I did. And you hired an employee. Amazing employees at that. (laughs) Yes, Um, which I love. So let's talk a little bit about what came first, the chicken or the egg. And, you know, people have asked me this uh, in terms of like the salon, like, you know, which came first, the, the idea of the salon or so on and so forth. So tell me like which came first for you.
1: Wow. What came first? Well, it was starting small. Um, we started with a small warehouse. I had about 600 square feet of it. And I thought this will last me a couple of years. That was a year ago. Um, <laughs> it didn't last me very long <laughs> because six months later, I had to add about 800 square feet. Which and is crazy. About six months after that, I realized this isn't going to last me either. We were literally, literally, as we were prepping for some jobs, climbing over furniture to grasp the pillows. (laughs) That's just not very very efficient. (laughs) So we were on the hunt. And in September, we found a, a place. And it was going to, like... I want to say because we still have some, we have about twenty seven, twenty eight hundred 2800
0: square feet now. That's bigger space. than our house.
1: So yeah. it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like double our house.
1: Yeah. And you know, with um, staff that's helping me get these warehouses organized, we can be so much more efficient now. Um, of course it's an investment, right? It's an investment in, warehouse because now yes we've tripled our space but we've also tripled our rent too right right and we've gotten beyond the point of me being able to manage that warehouse um in the past when I just had that what was it 14 I don't even know I can't do math (laughs) like 1200 square feet I guess it was total before I was managing it myself so I was in the warehouse after hours, I was in the warehouse on weekends. I was working myself like crazy 16, 18 hours a day, oftentimes while still trying to serve my clients because that's what I could afford to do. Right. Well, once I found that bigger space, I was like, there's no way I can keep up. I am not going to have enough time to get all of this organized because I don't have enough money it was, it was a struggle because I felt like here, I don't have enough money coming in to pay for people to do the things, but I can't do the things by myself and make any money to pay (laughs) anyways. So I was literally, I sat there like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I finally had to suck it up and say, you know what? It's time to hire people I'm making an investment in the company. Yes, this is coming out of my personal funds. I was fortunate enough that I I had it, right? Not everybody does, and I get that. But I had to take advantage of the fact that I had some funds to use to pay for the people, to get the work done so that I could, well, number one, maybe like get some sleep at nighttime, maybe have some weekends off. Oh, who and needs those? Actually, right? <laughs> <laughs> and actually, right? And actually have the time to serve my clients and just serve more clients.
0: I should say serve more clients and serve them efficiently and effectively. Yeah. So sometimes, so, I mean, you have to invest mm-hmm. to be able to grow more. I experienced that with, um, when I hired an assistant and at first it was like, Oh my gosh, can I really, really explore that? You know, can I, can I, can I afford it? Can I, um, can I sustain this? Um, mm-hmm. But what I saw was after I hired her, it created space in my life for mm-hmm. me to focus on other things and grow the business in other avenues that maybe had been neglected um, because I was doing everything. And so while I did have to spend the money up front, long-term, you know, income was significantly higher.
1: Right.
0: Right. Um so I definitely think there's kind of this moment where it's like it it's a little painful and uncomfortable to mm-hmm. invest but you have to and you have to kind of lean into that and you know now you have this like really big warehouse and you hired a a warehouse manager um so yeah I mean how do you know when to spend to grow like I mean, I guess there's always going to be a a cost-benefit analysis, but long run, I guess you really don't know what that's going to look like. You don't
1: know. um, And especially, you know, hashtag 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You just kind of have to have faith, I guess, in a way. Um, You just have to see where, you know, where has the trajectory been? Even in this crazy year, 2020, We started off the beginning of the year already having done better than we did in 2019, which was good. And like from February to March, even, the first 10 days of March, I had already doubled what we had done in February. Wow. And then the pandemic hit and all things came to a screeching halt. And just like everybody else... I was a little scared. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen with my business. And April comes and there's barely anything. I had a little bit of business, but not that much. Not enough to sustain, not enough to pay the rent. Um, I was like, not really sure it was going to happen. Then May comes around and about the middle of May, all of a sudden I started getting calls and it hasn't stopped. So the summer was super busy, which was great. And even into the fall, it's been relatively busy. I wouldn't call it super busy, but definitely busier than last year. So I could tell just from that, I'm like, okay, our name is getting out there. We're becoming more popular. People are are learning more and more about home staging and they're learning about us as a company and they're trusting us. And we're we're getting some big clients that love us. So
0: yeah, now's the time. Now's the time to grow. Like so here we are. We're doing it. I love it. And I think now more than ever, I mean especially in the triangle area, the market, the housing market here is absolutely nuts. And mm-hmm. with so many people in tech, they're working from home and maybe people are, you know, selling <coughs> selling their homes and buying larger homes or, you know, whatever they need that suits their family now, um, people want top dollar for the sale of their home. So they're willing to invest in, um, in a stager. And I think, you know, we talk about what came first, the chicken or the egg. And this is probably a conversation that you have with a lot of your clients is like, Look, I know it's an expensive upfront cost, mm-hmm. but I promise you, you know, the the long term benefits will pay off because you'll you'll be able to get more for your home. But absolutely, I'm sure for some people that's kind of hard to see because it's like, well, what are you really, what are you really doing for me? Um, mm-hmm. And until they get, to, you know, get to those offers and get to closing, then they're like, oh yeah, it was totally worth whatever we spent uh, to to stage the home. So I definitely think it's a conversation right. that you know, you've been having and that your clients are having. And I definitely have the conversations with my, my clients too. Like, look, you know, getting your hair done, it's an investment, but I promise you doing it professionally long-term will will be worth it.
1: Right. And you're not coming back (laughs) to have it repaired. (laughs) Yep. Um, Exactly. You know, I've got, one of the things that I do to help people understand is I share some of the stories, some of our like big time success stories, um, I just found out that one of the houses that we staged, it had sold, of course, right away. Which I knew it would because when they stage it prior to listing, they sell within forty eight hours.
0: Oh, that's ninety
1: percent of the time, if not more. But ninety percent of the time, they're selling within forty eight hours. So this particular home, it's in Raleigh. It's not. Oh man, I. I don't remember the specs on the home, but it wasn't it wasn't a large home, but it was adorable. It was near NC State, maybe fifteen hundred square feet. That house sold for fifty-three thousand dollars over the list price. Wow. Fifty-three thousand simply because it was wow. staged. Now I haven't looked at the neighborhood to see how the rest of the neighborhood was, but another home that was recent, same situation. It was an It was also in Raleigh, but I think it was closer to North Hills, Um, maybe 2,500 square foot home. It was a nice, beautiful home with a beautiful lot, and I took a look beforehand at what are all of the other homes selling for in the area? What what did they look like? How did they stage? What is the the market? Who's buying this house, right? And so I can see none of the other houses were, were staged, so I wasn't getting a real good feel so I thought, okay well i'm going to market this the way i believe it needs to be marketed for a young family and the other homes in the area were selling at 168 per square foot plus or minus two dollars okay and that's what the agent listed it at was 168 per square foot smart move right the home still sold for i forgot forty thousand dollars over asking price, I think it was. Wow! So they ended up getting like hundred and ninety six dollars a square foot for their home. All of those other homes I just talked about, they all listed and sold within the last six months. So they are in the same market as this one, and kind of they're kind of at the tail end of the of the boom here, and they still sold for forty thousand dollars over asking, simply because it was staged.
0: Like That's you can't nuts. T-
1: it is. So you can't tell and I assure you that my staging was not $40,000. <laughs> <laughs> How I wish it was, <laughs> but it wasn't, right? A typical staging job is one half to 1% of the list price. So for a typical home, usually $2,500 to $5,000 is the initial staging investment. When we're bringing everything in,
0: and when you look at right? that compared to you know fifty three or forty thousand dollars over mm-hmm. listing, I mean it's it's mm-hmm. it's my you mm-hmm. know it's small. So I cannot, yeah, I can't wait to get you in our house because you're going to have a yeah. field day. <laughs> now, full
1: disclaimer: those are not typical results, but but. It's possible. Typical results, it is possible. We see that it's possible and it's not unheard of. But typical results for 90% of our clients, again, is that they're getting at or above asking price. And those above asking price are usually $5,000 and up. So it happens, right? They're almost always getting their money back and then some. Whereas 90% of the people that turn this down, I watch. I go back at those homes. And I look, okay, what did they do? Did they go with another stage or did they just not stage at all? Did they leave it empty? What happened? 90% of them suffered days on market over 60 and took price reductions. Oof. That hurts, right? So it's not about how much does staging cost. It's about how much is it costing you not to stage,
0: yeah that's i I mean I love it, but it's just really trying to get people to understand that it is worth spending up front mm-hmm. for sure it's a yeah it's an investment, but it's a smart one yeah. absolutely a smart one so speaking of investing, uh mm-hmm. talk to me about your experiences of hiring uh hiring an employee, so I know you have someone that oh. you've worked with um an assistant. Um, But tell me about, you know, and you have people that help with, you know, the physical staging and unstaging um, and your son does photography. But tell me about Mm -hmm. hiring your first employee outside of of that little family bubble you already had.
1: Well, I was fortunate to have worked with a couple of guys when I, I would rent a truck to stage and I'd find a couple of guys. And there were a couple in particular that really took care in what they were doing and really just had you know, there was pride, right? There was pride in the work that they were doing, Um, respect for me or towards me, towards everybody else that was working in the crew, towards realtors that happened to show up on site or homeowners And the pieces kind of fell into place because they both were kind of out of work or not super happy about where they were working. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you know, maybe now's the time. Like, I'm about to get this big warehouse. I need people. And I offered it up to them. And thank goodness they both said yes. (laughs) So... You know, it just got the, it just got the ball rolling. I think everything just fell into place when it was supposed to fall into place. Um, Prior to renting my truck, I was hiring a moving company, which I was fortunate and they did good work and they were efficient and it was great. But the, the only problem was, is it was always somebody different right? and I had to kind of explain the process over and over again. So I got to the point where I was feeling like, wow, I'm not even doing the staging. I'm just being the director and pointing my finger at where to put things. And I was losing my sense of, my sense of creativity, right? I couldn't do the creative stuff that I really wanted to because of spending all my time training people. So now that I have these two awesome guys on my team with my, my quote-unquote assistant who is now really, she's my head stager and a couple of other who I call junior assistants we can go in and we'll walk into the house and I'll give everybody the rundown okay this is this room this is where we're putting the headboard this is where we're putting the sofa these were you know the direction of the the area rugs and because the guys now kind of already know how I do things they almost I almost don't need to do that because they know now when they walk through the room, oh, Cherie's going to want the headboard over there. Cherie's going to want the carpet this way. Cherie's going to want the sofa over here. Like they don't even need, they're, they're almost at that point where they don't even need to be told. And what an amazing feeling. Yeah. Just you can what run an smoother. amazing feeling.
0: Yeah,
1: We run smoother. I get to do some of the creative stuff again and we're all having fun and everybody's learning and... It's just like, it's a, it's a dream come true. I mean, to be honest, it's just a dream come true.
0: Well, and I think when you have those relationships with your employees, there's a level of like trust and respect where, Mm -hmm. you know, you can say, okay, you know what? You got this. And Mm -hmm. then you can kind of step away and take care of the other, the other aspects of the business that you really need to be focused on and kind of let them roll it's like a very well-oiled machine when everyone when you have a team that really works together but you know I know that hiring people sometimes is uncomfortable in terms of you know the financial aspect so talk to me a little bit about how you kind of stepped into and through that uncomfortability uncomfortability is that a word I think so (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna
1: call it a word well, I'm going to back up a little bit actually because and it will ex- and you'll understand why I had to back up a touch. It was uncomfortable. And it it was more than uncomfortable, it was scary as hell. I mean, I don't know how <laughs> how else to say it. It was scary, right? But I understand now why it had to be done because I was unfortunately put out of work myself for unexpected medical reasons very unexpected literally like emergency room trip yeah (laughs) on my way to the emergency room and I'm calling my lead designer my head stager and telling her I can't go in to help you plan this house you are the boss I don't know what's wrong with me I don't know how long I'm out but you're taking over and she did and everything came together without me. I was out for I was out and down for a couple of days. I came back partially for a few days just to kind of be there but I physically couldn't do anything, but I was just there to answer questions and everything came together. And now I'm like that's why that's why I took the time to get people trained That's why I made the investments, because nothing is guaranteed, including my health. And if I couldn't be there, who was going to do it? Nobody. There was nobody that was going to be able to do it. So it goes back to something I learned many years ago when I was in the workforce. Somebody had said to me, if you can't be replaced, you can't be promoted, right? Interesting. So everything... Everything that I do should be replicated, should be able to be replicated by somebody, somebody out there, right? Because how many, as a business owner, how many hats do we wear? I don't
0: even know. Right, a lot.
1: (laughs) I literally don't even know. So am I going to find somebody else to wear all of those hats? Well, probably not. (laughs) But I can find people to wear some of those hats and at least keep the business running temporarily. Yeah. Right. So that when I come back, like I didn't lose the business, (laughs) you know, like I could have been out, like it could have been something more severe and I could have been out for longer. Right. And they would have been able to keep up at least for quite a, quite a bit of time without me. So when there's so much on your plate that you can't walk away, it's time to hire somebody when there's so much (laughs) on your plate that you're working 20 hours a day you gotta hire somebody your mental health is is suffering hire somebody and you know even if it starts small even if it's just an assistant to answer your phones do some of the little things right like I called you know a couple of I call them kids one is my Cause he's my kid <laughs> and a couple, you know, I have a high school student and a college student. and are my junior assistants that are there to just help with the cleanup. Start with that. Just start with that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's also an exercise in letting go of control, which mm-hmm. a lot of people find very uncomfortable and very challenging. And I know you very well personally. And I, I know that was probably a challenge for you. Oh yeah. To just, I mean, you were in, you know, yeah. you uh, had a medical emergency, and you essentially were forced to relinquish all control, right? Other than what you could do from your bed <laughs> or your couch, <laughs> um, and that's, I mean, that's huge. And I'm sure, like, it's, it's, it's really been an, a, a learning experience for you because that's what all of these things are. I mean hiring somebody investing they're all really just learning experiences right like Mm -hmm. and and as i mentioned earlier you know sometimes you don't know what the long-term benefits are going to be of hiring someone or you know investing in a particular you know whether it's a new warehouse or a new space so on and so forth yeah you just you never know what's on the other side yeah so that's awesome so what's your next venture Oh
1: my gosh!
0: <laughs> well, you bought a truck. <laughs> you bought a truck, yes, so that we was we did. We yeah. bought
1: the truck, and that so that has helped. And we're hoping that it, it seems like so far that the the benefit is there is a cost savings on that that we're not having to rent. We don't have to spend the time going to get the truck and bringing it back. Um, so, and we got a heck of a deal yay
0: us so but once again that's a, been good. an upfront investment mm-hmm. yeah yep yep definitely an upfront investment <laughs> on that one <laughs> well and that's what I tell people I'm like look if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out did you learn something great mm-hmm. then it was successful <laughs> right? you know and maybe that maybe the truck doesn't work out and whatever I mean I don't, I'm not worried about that in your case, but, you know, sometimes, you know, hiring that first employee is uncomfortable and it may not work out and that's okay. You know, some people cannot give up that control. Um, and it's okay to say, hey, you know what? That really wasn't for me. I learned something. Here's what I'm willing to, you know, here's mm-hmm. what I'm willing to do. Here's what I'm willing to, you know, have control over or not let go of control. So, um and then they just kind of move on. So, I mean, I think it's the the question of chicken or the egg, which one came first is kind of, there's really not an answer to it, but right? Really because it? Uh-uh. it's, you know, which is, you know, I, I feel like personally a chicken is more of an investment than the eggs uh, off the bat. And so sometimes it's worth it to to say the chicken come, came first. Um, but ultimately, like it's up to you know, you or I or a business owner to figure out what's, what's important to them and then go from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how this is, I'm going to throw you off with this one. How Uh-oh. you handle um, being uncomfortable? You know, like what do you do to kind of manage your, um, those little growth periods? Wow, that's a hard one. When I, <laughs> I told you I was going to throw you for a loop.
1: <laughs> I've learned to let go faster than I ever expected to. Yes. Simply because I see the, I know what the end goal is. And I know I can't do it by myself. It's it's just not possible. Not Not for this business that I'm in, right? Like there's, other businesses that, yeah, there can be a one-person a one show. But for this one, like, like I said, I can't manage a warehouse. I can't lift
0: furniture by myself. I, oh, I, thought, you, I thought you were like Wonder Woman. I, yeah, you know. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you are sometimes. Wonder Woman, but you know. <laughs>
1: not <laughs> but there's like because of the industry that I'm in I knew going in to it that I wasn't going to be able to handle this by myself. I knew going into it that I was going to have to hire people eventually. It just happened a lot faster than I expected. Right. So, I'm embracing that. I'm excited for that and I'm just keeping that end goal at top of mind and waiting for it and knowing that I have to take these steps in order to get there. Otherwise, it's just not, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. You just have to kind of lean into it. Mm -hmm.
1: And failure is not an option. It's, it's just not an option. It never has been. It never will be.
0: Um, I'm not sure if I believe in failure. No, because you know? like
1: you said, it's, there's still a learning experience. Yeah,
0: You, you just learn, like
1: I've, I've had other business ventures that didn't pan out, but I wouldn't call them failures. What they did was teach me, wh- what do I do well? What do I need work on? What is my, what's truly my passion and some things like, yep that wasn't my passion at all. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and that's okay. (laughs) You know, um, it's okay. It's okay to let go of those things. Um, find your passion. You know, I'm, I'm really, it's funny because I'm a little jealous of my son. He is 16 years old. He's been working with me for a year. So he was 15 when he started. And His hobby before working with me was taking photographs like nature photography. And so I tell him, I said, dude, why don't you like practice doing some real estate photography or, you know, some interior design photography so I can use these things for my social media. And he's like, I like taking pictures of nature. I'm like, I I don't blame you, but. (laughs) Unfo- you know, if you want to be a photographer when you grow up, like, you need to recognize that a nature photographer isn't going to make any money. So, what you can do, though, is you can find a photography career that will pay the bills, that will still allow you to do the things that you love.
0: Oh, absolutely. And
1: he's like, huh, really? Like, mm-hmm. And if you do this for me, like, I'm going to pay you for that. Oh, money, (laughs) right? (laughs) So that has led to him doing such a phenomenal job that I have agents asking me, hey, who does your photography and can they come and do mine?
0: Oh, that is so so funny.
1: Here at the age of 15, he was already being hired by real estate agents for his photography. And he's making a buttload of money compared to any other 15-year-old, right, for a couple of hours of work. And he's like, Mom, I can't believe they just paid me for this. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah? <laughs> like, but." You know, and then it just, so what it, what that turned into is for this year, as you know, we, we're homeschoolers. So this school year, we actually took this uh, for 11th grade. We took this as a career exploration year. And we've hired a private tutor who happens to be a photographer and who was his writing teacher last year. So she's kind of come up with the full curriculum for him. So she incorporates writing and research and photography and starting a business and being an entrepreneur and all the things. And he's having such a fantastic year. I'm jealous. (laughs) Like. I'm jealous because I wish I could have been offered that kind of an opportunity at age 16. Right. Right. To be able to do something in school that you really, really love that has to do with what he wants to be when he grows up. And he's already been able to start that business. I mean, he is a legitimate business now. He's got the licensing that he already needs. He's got business cards. He's creating a website. Um,
0: He's legitimate. Which I love that because I wish that mm-hmm. more kids had that opportunity. And I think that experience that he's getting now, it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's so rare. And I, um, you and I have talked about this. Um, the school's. Uh, Why can I? It's like high school vocational high schools that offer those sorts of programs. I think are so valuable to encourage people to, uh, I say people, teenagers to explore Mm -hmm. things other than a traditional college, a traditional career kind of thing. And I feel very fortunate that I went to cosmetology school at eighteen and. Even even my fiancé, Tom, will say to me, you're just so lucky that, you know, you figured out what you love to do really young.
1: And I was like, right. oh,
0: I, yeah. I mean, I, I right. do feel that way uh, sometimes. You know, I do feel very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things like my mom will say, like, oh, I just wish I had done this sooner. Um, and so I love that he has that opportunity because he'll see the value right. in that. So quickly versus people who take, you know, a whole lifetime to figure it out. And some people never do mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I just, I yeah. love that for him. I love that you are the parent that encourages him. And he probably sees it working with your business as well. He's like, oh, well, you know, my mom can, has made this business and is successful. Um, and it's probably encouraging him to, to go out on his own and, and figure things out.
1: I sure hope so.
0: <laughs> I
1: sure hope so because, I mean, one of the things that we, it's funny because for many, many years, I was the mom that said, you have to go to college. You have to go to college to do all the things. You have to go to college to get a good job. You have to go to college. You have to go to college. And by the way, did I mention that you have to go to college? <laughs> I got to a point, something happened. Something clicked in me when, the kid, when we had started homeschooling um. somebody asked me, oh, you know, what do your kids want to be when they grow up? And I'm like, oh, crap. I don't know. Let me ask them. So I did. I said, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? And they said, happy. And I thought, Aww.
0: well, shit. <laughs> 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 they're right. That's all they wanted. Like, they're right. They
1: just want to be happy. And maybe college doesn't make as much sense for them because here, here's the deal. I went to college. I was a biology major. I was in good pharmacy school. I'm staging homes. <laughs> <laughs> I did nothing. I mean, the, the amount of degree. time that I hear I, that,
0: where the people so are like, so
1: many times. Oh, right? I went to
0: college for this, but that's not what I do. And I'm like, uh-huh. no, that's totally fine.
1: Yeah. Was it a great experience? Yeah. Did I have fun? Of course I did. Was it worth the money that my parents paid for it? Um, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> that's debatable.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> that is debatable. I could have done other things, but, you know, just like, but, you know, I'm, I'm older than you. So at that time, vocational or other uh, alternative education opportunities for lack of a better word were not necessarily so well known it just what really wasn't an option everybody just went to college and that's just what we do and I think we're we're making a transition and maybe even with the helps of COVID I don't know but it feels like more and more people are saying hey maybe this isn't for everybody and it's maybe it's not right like and I'm I'm not saying that that um that it's going to college is a bad thing. Obviously, if they have specific career paths and they have to have a college degree, you know, engineering, doctorate, lawyer. Right. They have to go to college, of course. And if that's their passion, then by all means you go, right? The little girl that wants to be a vet that's wanted to be a vet since she was four years old has dreamt about it all the way through and through high school, then by all means, yes, she goes to college and she does that, you know? You've got other, other students or kids that they're going into their junior year still not knowing what they want to do and they're being forced to start applying to colleges and picking their majors and, and, oh my gosh, what if they just don't know? It's okay. It's absolutely okay if they don't know. It's absolutely okay for them to go and explore the world and see because maybe when they hit 30, they're going to be like, you know what? I really want to be a teacher. And they're going to have the passion and the drive to go get the education that they need to be a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor, or whatever it is that they that they want to do. And they're going to be so much more successful because they're doing it on their terms.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I right? wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think... I mean, things are changing a little bit, you know, even when I grew up and I talk about this in almost every episode of this podcast that we've done, even when I grew up, just there was still the expectation to go to university and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it took me a while to figure out, oh, this, this wasn't for me. Um, But yeah, I'm hoping that, especially with COVID, people are, are figuring out, hey, maybe, Um, This is something that I explored in my quarantine or my downtime, and I'm really good at it, and I love it, and I want to pursue it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping this next generation, you know, does start to see that there are, are other options, and it starts with people like you and I and having these conversations and encouraging people to try new things and that there is no such thing as failure and that you can try something, And it may work out, may not work out, but you learn something then, and then you move on and you Uh find something that you, that you genuinely love to do. Absolutely. I love that. Because what is, I mean, what is life if we can't be happy, right? Thank you, my kids. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm always going to think about that. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Happy. Happy. (laughs) Literally dumbfounded. I was literally dumbfounded. I just sat there like, wow. They're so right. Yeah. And, you know, I remember, I don't even know what I said as a kid that I wanted to be when I grew up. I don't remember
1: what I wanted to be either.
0: No, I don't think there was any one thing I was like, (laughs) I don't think there was any one thing I was super, super passionate about. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't like the kid that wanted to be a vet or a, you know, doctor. I mean, I don't know, maybe. I'm pretty sure I
1: wanted to train dolphins. (laughs) I remember knowing, I remember feeling like I wanted to do that at some point. And I talked to somebody at SeaWorld. I got their attention. And I said, listen, like, I really want to be a dolphin trainer. And he was like, he says, I'm going to admit to you. He says, I love my job and I love what I do. He says, but the chances are so small to get in. He says, have a backup plan. I'm like, oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he killed my dream
0: <laughs> that is so funny
1: i, I never mean, not in a not in a bad yeah. way but he he it was a wake-up call it was a it was a reality check right i'm like oh well i guess i better have a backup plan <laughs> and, and i did i still went to school to, to you know biology major like i said um but very quickly i realized all right it's not it's just not realistic and what else am i going to do And i really wanted to I thought I really wanted to go into pharmacy, and right before it was time to go to pharmacy school, I was like, mm, "No, that's not what I want to do either." So
0: I need to get out in the world and figure out what I want. And I think my favorite so. part about you being an entrepreneur and something that you've kind of become recognizable for is you have purple hair.
1: Yes, I do, and I, I have love a fantastic that.
0: hairstylist. Oh, really? In <laughs> Yeah. I love it. And I just, and people recognize you by it and all these Mm -hmm. other avenues you couldn't have had purple hair doing. No. I know it's like a part of you.
1: It is totally a part of me. And it's funny that you said that because when I first started the business, I was, I was talking to a few people and I thought, oh shoot, like I might have to lose my purple hair. And they looked at me, they're like, Why? like, well, because, you know, maybe it's not going to be so acceptable. And they're like, of all industries, this is the one that you can be a little wild and you can be a little, you know, a little crazy with the hair, like go for it. That can be your brand. That can be part of who you are. And I thought, oh, huh. Okay. Well, let's give it a try. (laughs) So I went to this, my, my grand opening, I, I did a vendor event and, Tons of people were coming through this event, and probably seventy-five percent of the people made a comment about my hair color. I love positive, positive comments, and I thought, "Oh yeah, I'm going to have purple hair until I'm 103 (laughs) 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 because I can never not have purple hair ever again."
0: (laughs) Well, and I love that it starts conversation.
1: Oh, totally does.
0: You know, because people are like, "Oh, you know." Nice purple hair. And then you start talking, oh, well, what do you do for a living? And it's, it's a good, like, networking opportunity whether you see it that way or not, you know?
1: Right, right. And it's funny because even, you know, I, I know now a lot of people just in the area through networking. And somebody will mention my name. And the other person's like, hmm, I'm not sure I know who that is. And my friend would be like, the one with purple hair. Oh, yep, yeah, know
0: her. I love Got that. It. Love, love, yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having this me. Has that been was fun. fun. Do you, um, yes. what is something that you want to leave our listeners with today?
1: Just do it. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Nike. I stole your line. Um, just. You know, don't be afraid to follow your dreams. Don't be afraid to let your kid follow their dreams. Embrace it, right? Um, Maybe it's not what you picked out for them. And that's okay. Like, that's just okay. It doesn't have to be because this isn't about you,
0: right? This is about them. Let them be happy. I'm going to have to add some applause Uh, in this part of the the podcast. (laughs) Tom, where's our applause? (laughs) Because if those aren't some words of wisdom, I don't know what is. So thank you for that little piece. Thank you. So how can people find you um, on the internet? On the internet. Okay. My website
1: is firstimpressionhomestaging.com. You can also find me on Facebook or Instagram, First Impression Home Staging LLC. And those two avenues are probably some of the best just because you can see a lot of the work that we do. I am currently working on the website trying to get some more pictures uploaded, but that takes help. So again, hiring out for that because that's not my expertise by any memes so but instagram and facebook i can do that awesome <laughs> so and you'll see I'll, i wouldn't say all of it but a lot of the pictures that are posted are from my son so the pictures that are not great were probably from my phone <laughs> <laughs> that's again funny. full disclaimer but the good ones were probably his
0: that's awesome i love that you can promote him too mm-hmm Cool. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, check us out next Monday. We'll drop a new episode. Make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Like, review, share. And as always, you guys have a great week and we'll see you next Monday.